Hello and welcome to the First Baptist Church of LaGrange. What an honor it is to have you listening to our church broadcast today. We hope that as you listen along, following in your Bible, that you experience the grace and presence of Christ just as strongly as we do every Sunday in our worship service. May God truly bless you as you listen. Young Timothy didn't want to put his money in the offering plate Sunday morning. So his mother decided to use some hurried creative reasoning with him. She said, you don't want that money, honey. She said, quick, drop it in the plate because it's tainted. Tainted? Little boy was horrified. But mommy, why is the money tainted? Is it dirty? Oh, no, dear, she said. It's not dirty. It's tainted because it taint yours and it taint mine. (laughs) The word of God is clear. The tithe and the offerings belong to God. I have to warn you that our text this morning, we're going to read, God doesn't stammer. God doesn't stutter. God doesn't hesitate. God doesn't sugarcoat it. Again, I don't write the mail, I just deliver it. God says that if we are not tithing, we are robbing him. But he also says that if we commit to giving the first 10% of everything that we earn, God says his blessings will be upon our life. You're going to see today that if you are just obedient to what God has asked you to do, you can be able to do more with your money than you've ever dreamed possible. This morning, we've reached that final message in our series entitled Forward and Faithful Finances, and I know you're probably tired of hearing about money. This morning, we're going to be looking at the faithful money mandate. That is that God commands us to give not only our tithes, but our offerings. There are many ways that you and I can move forward in faith. We can grow in our faith. We can demonstrate our faith. But our text this morning tells us that there's one sure way we can know that we have faith in the Lord. And that is if we are giving the tithe. The tithe. What's that? Well, it's a tenth of all your earnings. Now, again, I've heard some comments, and I just want to set you at ease. I understand some ask, why are you still preaching about money? <laughs> well, the first important, most important reason is, like I told you earlier, we want to provide a path for you to become all that God's intended you to be here. It's a part of our vision. A part of that path of becoming like Christ would be to be a good steward of all that you own. Being faithful in your finances is just a part of the path of discipleship. And see, something else here today I just have to remind you of is many wouldn't mind me teaching on marriage, on how to overcome difficulties, how to overcome temptations. No one really gets too sideways about that stuff. But we simply have to understand that this is just as important as those things are. Also, I mean, hello, we're in a capital campaign. Probably should be talking about money, right? I mean, it just kind of goes with what we're doing. But then again, as I've said repeatedly, Jesus talks more about money than he did about prayer or even about hell itself. Because Jesus knows that where our hearts are, there our treasure will be. It's more like this, that Jesus is saying that there's a chain that goes directly from my heart to my wallet. And Jesus is always after our hearts. 
So I want to direct you that this is really not so much about your money as it is really about your heart. So I wonder if you would join with me today as we're going to be looking at Malachi. And when I first came to faith, I honestly thought that this was titled Malachi. I thought we had an Italian prophet in the mix. That just shows you I've grown. That's really Malachi. But I like Malachi a little bit better. If you're wondering where the book of Malachi is, if you'll just go to the New Testament, you'll go to the book of Matthew, and you'll hang left. You'll be right in Malachi. So just find Malachi. We're going to be in Malachi chapter 3, beginning in verse 8. So I wonder if you'd stand with me as we read the Word of God together. Malachi chapter 3, verses 8 through 10. Listen, this is strong, strong language, and I don't want you to miss it. This is what God says to us today. Will a man rob God? Yet you are robbing me. But you say, how have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse, for you are robbing me, the whole nation of you. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse so that there may be food in my house. And test me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you a blessing until it overflows. Would you pray with me? Lord God, I pray today that you take your word and bring yourself a whole lot of glory. And I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Here's the first thing I want to teach you today. If you want to know a fully inclusive message on this, I've preached this before. But today I'm going to give you the succinct short version. You all right with that? Here's the first thing I want you to know. The faithful money mandate is a way I can perform God's will. The faithful money mandate is a way I can perform God's will. A lot of people ask questions about how do I know the will of God? How can I know that I'm in the will of God? I can tell you today that tithing is a surefire certain way that you can know that you're in the will of God. You see, Malachi may be one of the most unpopular prophets in the history of Israel. One reason is that Malachi begins what we know now as the Socratic method. What is that? Well, Socrates used to teach by asking questions. Malachi does this, but here's the thing. When Malachi asks a question, it's to reveal sin. <laughs> so in verse 8, he says, will a man rob God? It's one thing, you know, to charge someone with a crime. It's yet another to prove it, right? Like most people accused of a crime, the initial response is to plead innocence. What these people right here were really saying is, is when God asked the question, have you robbed me? They were like, well, do you have any witnesses? Do you have any evidence or any proof that we've robbed God? And to their shock with an answer that stuns the nation into silence, God gives his evidence. He simply says, you have not given your tithes and your offerings. You see, they'd forgotten a few things. One is they'd forgotten, as we learned last week, that God is keeping the books and there's an accounting that's taking place. God is watching every time we do or do not give to the things of God. He's watching about who's giving to his work and who isn't. He knows who is robbing him and who is not. And one here this morning may ask, how is this really robbing God? Well, let me help you. You don't have to rob God at gunpoint. You don't even have to rob God when he's not looking. 
These people were doing it in plain daylight with a rebel heart. You see, you can steal something that doesn't belong to you, or you can steal something by keeping something that belongs to somebody else. You see, every time we take up an offering, you may not rob God by taking something out of the basket, but you definitely may be robbing God by not putting something in it because it doesn't belong to you. By keeping that which belongs to God, God is saying we are robbing him. Now, can I tell you again, I'm not trying to be, uh, I'm not trying to bring guilt. I'm just trying to preach and be faithful to the word of God. But I'm here to tell you today, the ushers may not know it. I surely won't know it. The finance team may not be able to prove it. But if you're not giving of your tithes and offering this morning, I want you to know that God says he sees it and you've just robbed him. Now, I've said it repeatedly. Our, the goal here is that, that our money is not our money. It really belongs to God. The tithe is really a reminder that God owns it all and offers it all. We're to oversee it and just present it back to him. You see, God owns the fields, the crops, the real estate, the gold, the checkings and savings accounts. He owns the tithe. And when we don't give it, we're robbing him of that which is his. You see, when you and I tithe, it's more than just a tithe. It's really an acknowledgement that God owns the other 90% too, right? So remember our mission statement. We're a church that embraces great commandment love. We're to be loved by God and to love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And one of the ways that we love God is with our tithe. One sure way that's found in the Bible to love God is to give him your tithe. But notice that this is not just one or the other. God shows us that he loves us by giving us his son. We show him that we love him by certainly giving our tithe. This is God's will for us to love and obey him. God has commanded that you and I give our tithe and offerings. 10%, 10% off the top of all that we earn is to be given to God. And then as we're blessed, we give above and beyond that to things like forward in faith. Now listen to me, I need to say this to you because I'm your pastor. I'm not speaking to any other church on the planet this morning. I'm speaking right now to First Baptist Church. Your tithe is not dependent on whether you like me or not. Your tithe is not dependent on whether you like what's going on at First Baptist or not. Your tithe is not dependent on whether you do other works out there and you're serving and doing other ministry and you think by tithing of your time, you're tithing. Listen to me. If that's the case, then Pastor Justin and I should never tithe. But we do. This is not a matter of how you feel. This is a matter of your faith. And your faith should never be based on your feelings. It should simply just be because God said it, we do it. Here's the first thing you need to know. The faithful money mandate is how you and I can perform God's will. It's what God has said. The second thing is this. The faithful money mandate is a way I can provide for God's work. It's a way I can provide for God's work. Verse 10 tells us these words. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. Why? So that there may be food in my house. God tells us that this is how he set it up to provide for his work. He tells us that we're to bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. That tells me one thing I can know. I can know what to bring. First, God says to bring the whole tithe, not part of it, all of it. And notice it starts with bringing it with you. 
So part of the reason you and I participate in those baskets going around is because God has said, when you come, you're supposed to bring that with you. If you bring it with you, we want to provide a way for you to be able to take it up and so that we can collect it. One of the reasons we take up the tithes and offerings in our church and make such a big deal of it is because it's one of the ways that we worship God. So you see, this morning, some of us don't see this as worship. Some of us see this really more like tipping a waiter than tithing in worship. I don't know if you heard about the dollar bill and the hundred dollar bill. Y'all heard about that? They met up one day and the one dollar bill said to the hundred dollar bill, he said, hey, hundred, what you been up to lately? Hadn't seen you much. The hundred dollar bill said, well, I've been on the road, man. I've been everywhere, man. I've been to ball games, on cruises, vacations, at the movies, at concerts, at the golf course, at the mall. Man, I've been having a blast. Hey, $1, where you been? $1 replied, same old stuff, you know, church, church, church. Beloved, God says to bring a tithe, not a tip. That's the first 10% of your earnings are to be brought with you to the house of God. That means the first 10% of your paycheck, the sale of your real estate, your stocks, bonds, dividends, whatever the source, the first 10% belongs to the Lord. And you are to bring it with you to the storehouse. But then you can also know where to bring it. Verse 10, God says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. You know what that is? The storehouse was a storage room in the Old Testament temple where people would come and present their tithes and their offerings. But today there's a modern day storehouse because the New Testament church is the counterpart of the Old Testament temple. Let me show you this in the scripture in 1 Corinthians 16 too. The Bible says on the first day of every week, each of you is to put aside and save or save up or store up as he may prosper so that no collections will be made when I come. Now that word for save, that is the same word that's used here of the storehouse in the Old Testament. It means to store up. It's a play on words. It's the concept of the Old Testament storehouse. Paul is saying to the New Testament church that what the Old Testament folks did with their tithes by bringing them to the temple, we in the New Testament are due by bringing our tithes to the church. Malachi is very specific with the what and the where. Let me help you with something. Some believe that they can give their tithe anywhere. Some believe that they can just give it to another ministry, a missionary, or another believer, but God says the tithe belongs to the local church. Now, there's nothing wrong, I need you to know this, with giving above and beyond the tithe to other places and other people who do God's work. But the tithe belongs to the church of which you are currently a member or which you're currently being fed the word of God. Said differently, if you are not tithing to the local church, you are really not tithing. God is serious about this because in Deuteronomy chapter 12, verse 11, the Bible says this, that it shall come about that the place in which the Lord your God would choose for his name to dwell, there you shall bring all I command you, your burnt offerings, your sacrifices, your tithes, and the contribution of your hand, and all the choice votive offerings for which you will vow to the Lord. God said there's a specific place I have dedicated that you are to bring that, and that is the church. Remember one more thing in verse 8. It was mentioned about robbing God in tithes and offerings. Can I just tell you today, listen to me carefully. The tithe is not the ceiling you stop at. It's the floor on which you stand. The tithe is not the, the maximum, it's the minimum. Tithing is first grade giving. And as you grow in your faith, you will graduate to give more and above and beyond. 
And one of those great ways to do that is to give toward forward in faith. But listen, you're not to give an offering until you're first giving the tithe. But not only can you know those things of what to bring and where to bring, you can know why to bring it. Here's the third thing. I can know why to bring it. He says, you bring it to the storehouse so that there may be food in my house. Let me just tell you what that basically means. That when you and I give the tithe, that accomplishes the work that we do through First Baptist. It's no more difficult than that, and it's no more, uh, no more easier than that. The only way that you and I are going to provide for what God has us to do through this church is through the tithe. The pastor was watching the congregation while the offering was being taken, and he saw a mom give her, her child a quarter. A little boy struggled with whether or not to put the coin in the offering plate, and finally he just held on to it. After the service, he came running up to the pastor and he extended his hand. And, and as the pastor opened his hand to receive what the little boy offered, he realized it was the same quarter that the, the boy had received from his mom. Well, thank you, he said. But why didn't you put that quarter in the offering plate? The little boy said, because I knew you had a really bad need of it. The pastor said, well, what makes you think that? The boy said, well, because my mama said you're the poorest preacher she's ever heard. I may not be the poorest preacher you've ever heard, or I may be. But I want you to know, and I unashamedly tell you, one of the ways that you provide for me, and one of the ways that you provide for our staff, though the way that we make a living is whether you tithe or not. It's one of the ways God provides for his men and his women to serve in ministry. Did you know that? Did you know that today when you tithe, we can pay for the bills that run these lights and the things in the AC that you experience? Did you know that when you tithe, we help pay for the water that you come in and drink? That when you tithe, we provide for children's ministries and youth ministries. When you tithe, we give part of that to our missionaries around the world so they can share the gospel. When you tithe, part of that goes to our convention, which helps seminary students in our sixth great Southern Baptist seminary receive reduced rate in their tuition because we want them to get a great education. When you tithe, you help us be able to feed teachers and show appreciation for all their hard work. When you tithe, you help us buy resources to make disciples of people. When you tithe, I could go on and on and on. But listen to me. The tithe is how God provides for his work. So the faithful money mandate is a way I can definitely perform God's will and provide for God's work, but then very quickly, the faithful money mandate is a way I can prove God's word. It's a way I can prove God's word. Verse 10, he says, test me now in this. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing until it overflows. Beloved, again, I am not trying to manipulate you. I am not trying to bring conviction upon your heart. If you sense that and you feel that, hopefully it comes from God and not from me. This is one of the only places in the scripture that God says, test me, prove me. God says, if you tithe, I will open up the windows of heaven and pour out such a blessing that you can't really refuse it. Can I just tell you from my heart to your heart what I think the scripture is saying? If we really believe the word of God, then there's really only one reason and only one reason why a Christ follower does not tithe. And that is because he simply doesn't believe the word of God.
God said here, test me. If you do what I say, I will do what I say. It's the way that we prove God's word. You see, tithing really has nothing to do with your finances. It has everything to do with your faith. Tithing is not a way for God to get something from you, but to give something to you. You see, when you put God first in your finances and God gets involved and blesses, God makes sure that you can't outgive him. Deuteronomy 14, 23 says these words. You shall eat in the presence of the Lord your God in the place where he chooses to establish his name, the tithe of your grain and your new wine, your oil, the firstborn of your herd, of your flock, so that you may learn to fear the Lord your God always. What God is saying is, is that tithing is a way that we receive the blessings of God and it's the way that we learn to fear God. See, tithing is not about what you think about giving. It's really what you think about God. Do you really trust and have faith that God will keep his word to you? Do you trust that when you tithe, God will provide your every need? If you really believe God's word, then you will tithe. Beloved, many of us in this room today, I want you to know, I want you to see how this works. You and I believe and put our faith in God's word for our salvation. We believe in Christ and confess our sin and ask for forgiveness. And we, we do, we believe that, that God makes us new. He comes into us. He brings us from death to life. We believe that God gives us a home in heaven. So here's my question. How can we trust God for something that great, but yet when it comes to something smaller like the tithe, we can't trust him? The faithful money mandate is definitely a way that you and I can perform God's will. It's a way that we can provide for God's work. And then, church, I want you to know it is the way and one way, not the only way, but a way that you and I can prove God's word. So let me ask you, are you giving God what's right or what's left? Are you giving God what's right would be a tithe? What's left is just a tip. Oscar, if you and Sarah would come. I like the old story about a guy who came to church with his family. He was driving home afterwards and he was complaining about everything. He said the music was too loud, the sermon was too long, the announcements were unclear, the building was hot, the people were unfriendly, and he went on and on, complained about everything. Finally, his son, who he brought with him, said this, well, Dad, you've got to admit, it wasn't a bad show for just a dollar. Beloved, hopefully you're not robbing God. You're not just giving him a tip. But you're truly trusting him by giving him a tithe. So I guess as we kind of close this message, there's just really one point of application, Right? If you have never started giving a tithe, I guess really here's where the rubber meets the road. Would you not be just a hearer of God's word, but today would you be a doer? I made a promise before, told you I've done it in other churches, and I'll go out on faith again today and make it as a promise to you, but I'd hope that you trust God more than me. And I, I want to stand behind this. I mean this with all my heart. If you will commit to give a tithe, and be smart with your finances. At the end of October, if you have tithed and God hasn't provided for your bills, I'll pay your bills. 
I believe God's word that much. I don't have any fear making that because I know I've never seen it not happen. Would you trust God? Would you just step out and give God what's his already so that he can open up the windows of heaven and give you such a blessing you can't contain? So I wonder if you'd stand to your feet this morning and we're gonna pray. But before I pray, can I just really question today something? Maybe you're here today and the reason maybe why you're struggling with giving a tithe is because first of all, you, you really haven't ever given Jesus your heart. And I would wonder today if today maybe you've heard and you feel convicted maybe because you haven't been giving a tithe, but really there's a greater problem. It's not just your tithe, it's your entire life that you've been in disobedience to God and the things of God. Because the Bible says that all of us have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and the wages of sin is death and we're separated from God. God says that he's demonstrated his love for us and that while we were yet sinning, Jesus died for us. We've been singing about that. And if you and I would just confess that Jesus is Lord and we would just be willing to, to believe that God raised him from the dead, we'd be saved. Saved from what? Saved from our sin. And you can have the Lord Jesus come in and make you new today simply by just saying, Lord, I'm a sinner. I've sinned. I, I've, I've really sinned against you. I've broken your heart. And I'm sorry today. I pray that you come into my heart and forgive me of all my sin and make me new. And Jesus, I put my faith in you that you died to forgive me and I trust that. Would you say, you can do that today? That'd probably be probably the best thing you could do, right? So we're gonna sing and whatever decision it is, if you just need prayer for anything in your life, you, you maybe you got some appointments coming up you want us to pray about, there's all kinds of things that could happen here. But I'm going to pray and we'll open up this altar. There'll be people here to receive you. But let's pray and then let's sing. So, Father, I pray that your word has worked deep in our hearts today with such a tough message. But, Lord, I pray that your grace has got what's driving us today to see that there's a blessing in what you're asking us to do. Through the power of your Holy Spirit, would you draw any and all who are lost today home? And any God who may be robbing you today to start on that path to repentance, Lord Jesus. And I pray it in your precious name.